Welcome to another episode of the What The Falk Show. I'm Connor Falk. I appreciate you listening, be it from iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, really any kind of satellite-induced uh, way to listen to the show. I really appreciate it. You know, we talk about a lot of different things on this show, be it from food to music to sports to fantasy football. And interestingly enough, that is the word for the day-to-day fantasy football, some Halloween movies. I have my guest today, Tony Espinosa, the owner of Aura Vista Construction, big sports fan. The term people person, I think, is actually a detriment to this guy. He doesn't go into a single room without making new friends. I knew him in college. Tony, I mean, I got your personal guy, dude. Charisma, I think, is something that you've definitely been blessed with. What do you think? Wow, man. Well, you are too kind with the words, man. Hey. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, happy early Halloween. I've been looking forward to the holiday this year more than ever because it's going to be, uh, I got some plans lined up, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this year's Halloween. Okay, absolutely, uh, yeah. When And yet you're calling from, I'm calling you from, uh, you're in Burbank right now, right? So you're a SoCal guy. You're an LA native. Yes, yes, sir, I am. I, I love SoCal with all my heart. We're raised here. Don't think I'm going to leave here. Although I love to travel, love to visit cities, but my heart lies in SoCal, man. Absolutely. Well, speaking of SoCal, the Halloween time, do you have any like events that you might want to check out that maybe the listeners might want to see? I know we got we got what we got Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Do you have any big plans? Maybe some things you're going to check out this weekend? That sounds fun. Well, speaking of Halloween, like, you know, the times you've been through, what did you say is your favorite costume so far? What's the coolest costume you've been able to don? Let me see. The favorite Halloween costume, well, my, my favorite Halloween experience was going to, uh, well, the, the, for about two straight years, I went to different cities to celebrate Halloween just to see how everyone else celebrates Halloween. Okay. I went to Jacksonville, and I can tell you this, the people in Jacksonville know how to dress up and party for Halloween. Yeah, okay. Um, there was a guy that was in full was, he was there was a lot of humidity. This guy was in full on Teen Wolf costume. Wow. I'm talking about the OG 1980s uh, Teen Wolf. Man. Michael J. Like Fox. The hair, the makeup. Oh my god, I must have been dying. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, you got to think about it. In Jacksonville, they have no teams that really do anything, so there's nothing to do but wear costumes and enjoy the holidays, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And then uh, so the year before that, or I think the year after, uh, my buddy was playing for the Carolina Panthers, so we went uh, that Halloween weekend to go see him play. They were playing the Vikings. I got to see first ever uh, experience to see Adrian Peterson play live. He was a freak of nature. I think he still is. Um, but that Halloween weekend, North Carolina, in the city of Charlotte, they knew how to party too. Oh man, I think the East Coast knows what they're doing when it comes to these kind of parties. Um, that's the one thing maybe I'm maybe probably jealous of is that they they go they go ham. Uh, on that side of the coast. So they know how to enjoy so, the holiday from there. Well, you know, speaking of Halloween, are you, you know, when it comes to the movies, you know, we talk about movies on the show a lot. Would you say you're more of a thriller fan or more of a kind of a gore fan when it comes to the, the scarier movies? When it's uh, thriller suspense. Okay. Um, I, 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 as much as I don't like it because I feel like it, 
elevates my blood pressure. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I, I, I enjoy the paranormal movies because uh, it's just, you know, growing up uh, being raised Catholic, you know, you, they tell you about ghosts and spirits and things like that, you know, and the devil. And, you know, so when you see those movies and just in the now, all these movies that come out are, are like a, a you know, reality uh, yeah. vantage point. Reality you based. Know, so yeah. it's, it's, it's supposed to be like real, you know what I mean? And so it freaks you out. It freaks you out. The third one, like, TV movies. The first one, the second one kind of freaked me out. The new one that just came out, I saw an advanced screening of, and uh, it definitely got back to the basics of uh, scaring the crap out of people. Of what, uh, what made them good? <laughs> you know some movies I would say, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a What Lies Beneath. Have you seen that one with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer? It's kind of a thriller ghost uh, movie. No, uh, you know what? Never saw it. Although Harrison Ford is one of my favorite actors, never saw it. It was definitely one of my things to watch, and I've never got around to it. But I definitely, I wouldn't believe that that he put on a. I mean, I, I could, I could, I could believe he put on a great performance. I love Harrison Ford movies. Oh, he's the no man. How, and uh, that was back when he actually acted. He didn't just. He wasn't like an old man who was mad and just like barely got the words out. You know. He actually could, clearly, could speak clearly and was a good actor, but I would definitely recommend that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listen to What The Falk Show. What The Falk Show is with me, Connor Falk. I'm the host and creator of this show. We're on SoundCloud, My WTF Show, My WTF Show on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on any other social media outlet you can think of. We have Tony Espinosa on the show, the owner and proprietor of Oravista Construction, a big fantasy football fan, a big movie fan, and overall just a guy who you know has been a well-traveled guy. As I said, very charismatic guy, and you're going to see that uh, throughout the show right now. So we talked about Halloween a little bit. Let's get that through. Let's get to the real nit and gritty of what we're going to talk about today. It's your first year in California Gamers, my fantasy football league. I've been in it for 13 years now. It's been going on for 18 years, and it's your first year in it. Right now, you're three and four. You're in the thick of it. You're only one game out of third place. There's a log jam from third to basically eighth, so it's really anybody's game right now. How's your How's your first year been? Is it as competitive as I told you it would be? Oh, it's very competitive. Uh, what I think it is being kind of the rookie in the league, uh, not necessarily in regards to fantasy experience, but in regards to being new to the league, I feel like, you know, everyone's kind of, I, I, you know, you're pretty much the only person I really know in this league. So yeah. uh, it's kind of, um, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, it's an interesting dynamic getting to send out trade proposals and, and then uh, try to jump in on the, on the smack talk here and there. Uh, you know, don't want to cross any boundaries because, I don't know that we go that well, but hopefully that eventually, you know, as the season progresses, you know, uh, there'll be some kind of a rapport that grows. But um, it's very competitive, and that explains why at three and four, I'm in the middle of the hunt, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I feel confident enough that uh, with the roster that I'm rostering right now, my stable of running backs, I think I have an opportunity to make a push for the playoffs. Uh one of my favorite prized possessions in my stable right now, uh, it would have to be Lamar Miller. And, uh, <laughs> and kudos, kudos to you, my friend, for that trade. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Oh, uh, man. Which which is my fault because you actually had offered me just Thomas Rawls. You had offered me Brandon Cooks for Thomas Rawls straight up, and then I somehow wanted to get rid of Lamar Miller because he's having a few bad games. It just kind of teaches you from there never to make a trade, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ever make a trade in the first four weeks of fantasy football. You just never know what's going to happen. It's easy to get depressed or whatever and look at your team and think negatively but you really want to be able to hold out um you know you talked about smack talk and one thing i think we've really missed this year we should say it on the show so yahoo can hopefully listen they got rid of the smack top that you could used to be able to do for the game it's not there anymore like i've looked for it it's not available like we yeah that feature is gone i don't know what happened i mean i like how now 
they've uh, on the mobile app the update the most recent update you can now directly uh talk to people specifically in the league like you have the group chat and then you have the individual chat which i think benefits you when you're trying to make a trade you're trying to talk to someone that you may not have their cell phone or like for me this is perfect because i can actually reach out to people and open up a line of conversation and you know put together a deal instead of just sending them a trade and they're like well how does this benefit me yeah project absolutely so, well, um, and, you're, and you're really active too you really you're you, i think you've already picked up the most people in the league by far everyone's always texting yeah. me who is this guy my ball zach Ertz. who is this guy that's picking up everybody <laughs> like oh that's my buddy tony he's uh he's good at fantasy football he's enjoying it um, so it's good to have you on the show. You know, I, it was really, it was easy decision because you've always been really supportive of me of the show, which I appreciate, buddy. And we've always kind of been chatting back and forth about fantasy the last few years. You know, we went to college together and everything and, you know, asking questions here and there. It's always good to have another point of view of, uh, you know, just to kind of bounce ideas off someone when it comes to who to start, who to sit or whatnot. And in a 10-team league especially, you do have that excess of roster space where you might have two guys that look like the same good matchup and you kind of have to decide who do I start. So, you know, let's talk about your roster as you do. You do have Lamar Miller. Do I think he's going to have 175 yards each game? No. But do I think he's going to be a solid RB2 for you? Absolutely. Who's your, who's, your, who's your quarterback? I can't remember. My quarterback right now is Phillip Rivers. Which has been pretty good. I picked up Tannehill with the quickness. Once he was 6-6 six six on Sunday, I quickly dove in the pool and I picked him right out. Call me, uh, call me David Halfoff because I've been picking up people <laughs> off that pool like no other. I love it, dude. A Baywatch <laughs> reference. We've never had that on the show so far. <laughs> I wish I can get a drop for the music right now and go from there. But uh, you do, you are picking people up. I got to tell you, though, Tannehill, I don't, he's not, that was in the first half. Like, I don't, I don't see him having four touchdowns every game. You know what I mean? But he does have multiple no, games now. But he has, he has lethal weapons. You got to admit, he has Landry, he has Rashard Matthews, guys that are making, you know, 50 yards. It's not like he threw a 50 yard bomb to Landry. He, he dumped it out pretty much, is what it looked like. Yeah. And Landry did the rest of the work. So when you have, you know, talent like that, weapons like that. You got Lamar Miller gashing you on the run game, leading you to just freely throw the ball. He's keeping the defense in check. I mean, he's only going to thrive. And right now, he's not making that many mistakes since the coaching change. It's a whole new Tannehill, and I'm liking it. And I'm going to buy into it. I'm buying. I'm buying whatever stock I can on Tannehill. Uh, maybe this matchup with New England, maybe not the best. But I know for the following weeks, his schedule is going to pan out, and uh, Phillip Rivers can't always put up 500 yards, and uh, right now he's slinging it and still... Chargers aren't winning any games. He so. is, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Jarvis Landry, who's on my team, who you've been trying to trade uh, trade for, you've been trying to trade for Jarvis Landry for a while, and I'm telling you, man, he's he's had me over 10 points every week, be it from a rushing touchdown, from his special teams. The guy is just, he's he's a sieve of points, dude. Like, where, it's always coming from somewhere. So like you said, Tannehill's got a lot of good weapons from there. Um, but I got to, you know, I was looking at the game too. I made the decision. I chose Bortles over Tannehill because I just think they're going to be down a lot. He gets all these garbage yards. I have Matt Ryan, who's not really doing much. His floor is really low, but his ceiling is what's limited, you know? So you know. I, I agree with the, the Bortles pickup, but the one thing that I can't afford, uh, with, with Bortles, I would, as a, as a potential owner of Bortles, is Yeldon. I wouldn't be able to take on the risk of his big sixes and some of his careless turnovers. And even when you're behind, you tend to still make mistakes. Yeah. So uh, there is definitely, you consider that downside that he has been in his career prone to making some really big turnovers. So that's why I just, my buddy in another league has Tom Brady and he picked up like Bortles and he looks to do the same thing to start Bortles a lot. And it's just kind of, 
kind of a, you know, for me, I, 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 I take risks elsewhere, but with a quarterback, uh, unless you're really handicapped, uh, you gotta, you know, uh, you try to play the you try to play the quarterback conservative because they're always going to give you hopefully those, uh, you know. 18 to 20 points. Yeah. That, you know well, I mean? Speaking of weapons, so, uh, I mean, let's talk about Jacksonville, man. I mean, they have an elite core. You have Alan Hearns. I have my boy, Alan Robinson. I have Alan Robinson in every league I'm in. I've been very supportive of him. He was on my preseason top five underrated players of the league. Eifert was as well. Um, so was Eddie Royal, who didn't do much, and then Stevie Johnson, and then Eifert, you know. So, I mean, whatever. I guess I, I, I got three out of five, okay. Um, I mean, Jacksonville, though. He's been probably the most consistent guy for the last several weeks. It's killing me now that he's going on a bye. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny how you have Landry, I got Rashard Matthews. You got Allen Robinson, I got Allen Hearns. But uh, <laughs> funny how that works. But I, you know, the, these are two offenses: the, the Dolphins and the and the, and the Jaguars that have some kind of a, I don't know, they got something going for them. Jaguars because they'll fall behind, they're going to gunsling it. Yeah. And with uh, with Miami, I mean. They got, they're, they're, they're showing up to be a balanced offense right now, so I'm super stoked. Okay, and um, who do you got? Who, who's your running backs right now? So you got Lamar Miller, you got TJ Yeldon, you got you got a lot. You got Jeremy Hill, you got Derek McFadden, but Derek McFadden, I got to say, we got to take some caution. I know he had a great game. Um, Julius Randle is day to day. We still got Christine Michael to take some carries. Do I think he's going to get the majority of the carries? He's going to get the chance at it. Yes, but like they lost that game, you know. So you got to think Garrett's going to think, what can I do to win the game? He's not thinking fantasy wise. So well, of course, I agree. I agree. Man. What's going to happen with that? But it's that offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys that's going to make any running back. I mean, yeah. if we had made that, if we had made that trade for Adrian Peterson happen in the draft, um, I can tell you this: Adrian Peterson would have almost, you know, for sure hit 2,000 yards this year, no problem. Uh, behind that O line, that O line is meant for downhill running. And I think that McFadden brings that, and I think also Jerry Jones gets a gets a little bit excited in the pants. In regards to having, you know, an Arkansas player on his team, uh, he loves Arkansas. So to see uh, an Arkansas player thrive, I'm sure it makes his day. And uh, I think McFadden, overall, he's, you know, he's showing, he's showing a glimpse of what he was. And I think, you know, yeah, it, it'll, it'll do him good. But, um, you know, he's also an injury risk. So yeah. and once, once Randall is healthy again, I just picked him up. Just in case, if he has another big game and goes off, he's now a viable trade chip, and I can sell him high, and I can, you know, better my roster in some way or another. Yeah, so, I mean, that's smart. I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to. And it's also a strategy thing too about kind of blocking a pickup for someone else because I know there's someone in our league that is uh, hurting me in regards to the buy and injury to Foster or injury to running backs. Like they need. Uh, there are people in the league that need running backs, so uh, I'm just waiting for my phone to ring. <laughs> That's uh, I also got Marshawn Lynch. I also got Marshawn Lynch. You do have Marshawn. And obviously Lamar Miller. And I got Kendrick West. So West, yeah. <laughs> you do, you do. Now let's talk about one thing just to be on the show. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but we did have a matchup, you and I. Um I assumed that you were yeah. gonna beat me. I really did. Somehow I pulled out the I pulled it out and I think it's because what's been helping me out is Denver defense, bro. My my best pickup of the year so far. Um, you know, close to twenty five to thirty points a game. And as I I told you before, in our league, defense is really big. I, I might be a little bit you know, I think we have the same points wise in terms of sacks, interceptions and things, but in terms of the points that you get for how many points they give up I think it is a little bit more than other leagues. So has that been kind of surprising to see the difference in defense points? Yeah, I have 
guys should notice that a lot. Uh, I'm in a couple other leagues, and, and I've noticed that the defense is actually really huge, especially the way it scores and how a lot of these defenses have been playing lately. Um, it's, it's, it, I mean, especially in our league more than anything, you know, having a defense put up 25 points can be gnarly. Can, yeah. can hurt the other team, especially when the running backs underperform. Or in my case, I leave uh, with my, who's going to be probably my best pickup of the year, Stephon Diggs, uh, leaving him on the bench on his week that he broke out. I picked him up just because I was doing my research, I overheard, you know, I listened, all kinds of different uh radio platforms to keep an ear out, keep an ear to the ground, you know what I mean? And uh, Stephon Diggs, I picked him up a week prior, but I wanted him to give me a, a show-me game, and he gave me the show-me game the week that I was playing you, but I didn't start him. Yeah. So that hurt me big time. Yeah, and then Sandrick uh, West, but, unfortunately. Minnesota's got a tough defense, bro. I just picked him up again. They've kind of been my sleeper the entire year. I actually dropped him last week, and I went ahead and I said, I'll start Pittsburgh against you know Alex Smith and, and no Jamal Charles. That only gets me eight points, whereas Minnesota, who I had planned to start three weeks ahead of time, gets me 25 because they had seven sacks on Matt Stafford. Now, this yeah. week they're playing Chicago, and am I expecting seven sacks? No. Has Jay Cutler actually been praying pretty well? He has been. I know you have Martellus Bennett, but I think Minnesota, for all the listeners out there, is a really underrated defense, especially when you can Consider that once the winter comes, it gets colder and colder. They're still outside. Their stadium's not not built yet. It's going to be next season when it's going to be in a dome. It gets so freaking cold, dude, in Minnesota. Like everything's harder, especially if you're playing offense. So I think that's going to be a, a serious advantage come January. You know, you know, come uh, you know, late November and early December. I think it's going to be a serious advantage for the Minnesota Vikings. Stephon Diggs. So are we going to say? I mean, as of right now, he kind of looks like uh, kind of like I wouldn't say he's Josh Gordon for a few years ago, but he's definitely one of those guys that kind of came out. You know, Josh Gordon was. A supplemental draft pick. Stephon Diggs is an undrafted guy who's coming in. He's, he's just really, he's outperforming every other receiver. I mean, Charles Johnson, we talked about in the preseason, looked like a guy who was going to break out. And now this undrafted rookie comes in. I mean, did you see this coming at all? I didn't see it coming up until a couple weeks ago, to be honest, when, when, they were, when, when with, with Johnson going down with an injury, and then they started talking about this guy Diggs, and, and uh, you know, they're just, a lot of people were talking him up, but, well, not a lot, but I mean, there was people talking him up, and they were saying, well, uh, we've, we've done it all correctly, you know, this guy is going to, you know, break out, but whether or not he can remain consistent is a different story. And, well, now he's been showing the consistency, and he pretty much took Charles as Johnson's job. I don't know what happened, to be honest with you. I thought, I thought at the end of the year last year, Johnson and, and, and Teddy had a had some kind of chemistry, but... They did. Uh, you, know, you know what? So, you know, things happen, and uh, now I guess... Stephon Diggs got earned his trust, and uh, it's turning into a beautiful thing, man. He's breaking out into the top, you know, who knows? I mean, the ceiling's high, I think, for Stephon, um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident. Some people have already offered me trades, but it just I think at this point, it's, I think I want to hold on to him and just see what he can do, to be honest. I have him all across the board, and I, I want to ride him out. Kind of like I got, OB, I got OBJ last year in one of my other leagues. He kind of fell into my lap because he was injured, and uh, I picked him up off the waiver a week before he was going to start, and I rode him into the championship game. I unfortunately lost by a point, but um, he he did his part. He got me 30-some points in that championship game, and couldn't blame him. He played a great year, and I think this guy, not comparing him to the talent level of OBJ, but I think he's going to be figuratively this year's OBJ, kind of break out in the middle of the season and end the season 
Well, I like that because they're the same position, but to me, this season's OBJ, because to me, OBJ is one of those guys you pick up and, you know, I'd say probably 50% of all the teams that were in the championship and or won a championship had him on their roster. You know, when you can get a guy from the waivers that ends up being such a big contributor, that's usually how you win championships. To me, the OBJ this season, which I think you'll agree when you think about it, is Devontae Freeman. I mean, who saw that guy coming? He's a little LT. You know, the guy who's in first place in our league actually drafted Devontae Freeman. I got to give that up. You know, props. Let's be honest. He's my roommate. So I think it has to be helpful that he's never been this dominant in the league. He's been as long as I have. He's never been this dominant. He'll even admit that. And uh, it's got to be helpful a little bit that he's living next to a guy who uh, is a fantasy football guru or whatnot, you know? So whatever. That's the gamblers. Miguel Felix is in first place right now. It's because Devontae Freeman, God, I mean, just unstoppable. Three straight games to the 100 yards two, three touchdown games. I mean, he finally lost this week. So now we got two teams, six and one. We got me in second place. We got him, but he's still a hundred points ahead of me in first place. So we definitely got a, a monopoly starting right now. We need to take him down. So hopefully we can all band together and take out the gamblers. Oh, so true. Yeah. Devontae Freeman is definitely something else. And I mean, it's just a difference. I mean, had the injury not happened to Tevin Coleman, it could have probably been a split thing. And, and you know, you get, you know, shades of, 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 of Devontae's greatness, but now that it became his show, he's taking, he's, he's running away with the job, no pun intended, and, and uh, <laughs> I should know that's all pun intended, because yeah. he's a freak, and I, uh, I, I was kind of upset that I didn't go after him when I did, but Me I too. thought, like, oh, I got Jeremy Hill and, and Marshawn Lynch to start my running back stable, but um, obviously Jeremy Hill is not panning out the way I wanted, so. We still had 12 points. Last game, right? I mean, he's still there's worse running backs out there. I mean, Andre Ellington is a worse player. I would say um, uh, Carlos Hyde. I'd rather have. I think I'd rather have Jeremy Hill over Carlos Hyde, who I have, who's been really up and down, you know. And it's just the fact. The sad fact is that we have to worry about their quarterbacks. You know, the quarterback is really going to be. He's going to decide how these players do. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, for example. You brought up him. I've actually been surprised at his regression. I thought he, you know, a lot of people thought he was the best quarterback out of those crops of Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, and Teddy. They thought he was the most, had the most promise. And this season, he has not progressed to the amount that you would have thought. Where Derek Carr, I mean, I'm I'm biased because I'm a Raider fan. It's tough. I'm a cynical Raider fan. It's been such a terrible decade. But Derek Carr is really starting to look good. He had another 300-yard game, three touchdowns. We just dominated the Chargers. Then you got Blake Bortles, as we said before, putting up fantasy numbers. As of right now, he's a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real quarterback. But you can still see the progression and the improvement. I mean, he's mobile or whatnot. And Teddy is just, he only has his second 300-yard game, which was last week. So I think it's interesting to see. You know, you never know what's going to happen 12 months later, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, the Raiders definitely have uh, a quarterback of the future with this guy. I mean, he is, he's airing it out. He's a great leader. He's a great human being in general. You know, he's a good person. So I think that does help. It helps with the image of the Raiders, too. And, uh, yeah, actually, absolutely. If they, were, if, they were, if, if they were ever to come to L.A., I'd gladly go watch him play. Well, you said a few uh, traits there that I think, you know, I, I would like to think that I have some of those, too. Talking about being a good person, talking about being a good leader, talking about knowing football. Derek Carr happens to be from my hometown, from Bakersfield, California. And, you know, we all start playing football early. It's a big part of our lives. Sports in general, you know, out in the desert, you can either get yourself in trouble or you can join team sports. Luckily for me, having good parents, that's what I did. So Derek Carr definitely comes from a good foundation. And as you said, it's a good person. I think people pick up on that. And I think in the huddle and whatnot, I think people can really trust him. And, uh, you know, let me ask you, as a Cowboys fan, who do you think has a brighter future? Like, would you rather have, who would you rather have for the next four years? Tony Romo and Des Bryant or Derek Carr and Amari Cooper? Not just you know fantasy. What? I'm going to say real life. You know? In all, in all seriousness, and if 
Derek Carr and Amari Cooper in a jersey, a Dallas Cowboy jersey. Uh, some some fans may call me crazy, but I I think that is more promising in general because Romo, you know, it's I've never necessarily was the biggest fan of Romo since the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's just come down to it that he's not getting any younger. I, I would say, I mean, if I could get Carr and Amari for Dez, um, if that's pretty much what it's coming down to. Dez is a freak talent. Yeah. But um, he doesn't. He's not having a quarterback right now, and. Romo, if he can't stay healthy, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it seems like this was last year when he got taken out by the Redskins, and then the year before that, I forgot who took him out, but someone took him out. Giants. And it's just, uh, you know, he's not getting any younger, and I think right now the Cowboys are in a little bit of a turmoil, and I really hope, I really hope if Romo comes back, he can even stay healthy for the remaining games that he does play, but um, definitely uh, the card Cooper connection. That's going to be something thriving, and uh, it's going to be on my fantasy watch uh, for the upcoming years. AC, AC, DC, man, it's the it's the new uh, the new dynamic duo. I'm so glad we drafted him. And every podcast I did before that, every Twitter ran I did, Amari Cooper to me was the pick. He was the surest fire receiver I've come out of the draft in a long time. To me, he's a Chris Carter clone. He's an amazing route runner. He has soft hands. Pretty much everything I want in a receiver. So I definitely agree with you. I think we got lucky. We just got lucky. We finally got a quarterback. We got a receiver. Khalil Mack is a beast. And um, Jack Del Rio is the right man for the job. So, uh, you know, we're just we're treading in the right direction. And after 12 years of futility, it's nice. And I got to tell, you know, the Charger fans this last weekend were like crying. People like, oh, my God, how we lose the Raiders. And after years of me getting shit because I'm a Raider fan and them just feeling bad for me at the point now, it's like, hey, this is it's the trend is over. Like we're, we're going to be an improving team. We're, we're, we're up there right now. We're 500 and we got a chance. I, I don't think. I can't necessarily say that the Broncos are for sure going to run away with that division. I think we could beat the Chiefs, you know? So it's uh, it's crazy, man. I, kn- I didn't know when I would get to talk about again about the Raiders actually winning the <laughs> AFC West. So that's actually happening this year. So that's one of those things. So no, let's talk yeah, about... The Raiders, the Raiders are definitely making noise. And they have, they're, they're definitely making a lot of noise. They can make a lot of noise this year in the AFC West division. Yeah. Um, I, don't see, I don't see how they don't, I mean, do make a difference. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think the Denver Broncos are the worst undefeated team yeah. uh, right now, and I think it's just only the defense that's really holding them up. Uh, their offense has been, has been a disappointment. In another league, I, I drafted, uh, I think, seventh or sixth, and I reached for C.J. Anderson thinking, Ooh. oh, well, Payne's going to be all right, but you know the running game is going to be solid. And it was complete opposite, and it's come to the point where I think I already dropped them uh, just because I've lost the faith in that offense. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not as, um, as flashy as it was before, and I really think this is the Raiders' time to, to make a move to actually try try hard to get into the to the playoff talk. I mean, they're at, they're at 500, so, I mean, it, it only bodes well for them from here on out. So, uh, I, I, I'm pulling, in a way, oddly enough, I'm pulling for the Raiders. Uh, I have no animosity towards them, uh, only towards the, 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 the rowdier fans who like to talk smack about my Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. My Cowboys, yeah. I can respect the Raiders. Raiders are overdue. Uh, I know I was pulling for them back in uh, in the John Gruden days, the tuck rule that is gone. Awful. Uh, just kind of like that Des Bryant catch rule. <laughs> yes, yes, very similar. You're right. But then, hey, but then the game before that, you guys got a call against the Lions which really which you didn't deserve so it kind of you know I feel like there's there's these NFL karma and I'm gonna be honest I believe in conspiracy theories I believe the NFL really decides who wins and who loses you know last season I lose in the semifinals I would have easily won in the finals of our league but for some reason with the the, uh, uh 
sorry, the Bears are down three touchdowns. They bring out Jay Cutler and Alshon Jeffrey in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. And of course, I'm playing the guy who has both those players and he throws three straight three straight receptions to Alshon Jeffrey and a touchdown. I end up losing by uh, one point and I miss out on my third straight championship. So uh, there's oh, someone decides, you know, I'm, I'm very humbled. You know, when it comes to the fantasy gods, I'm not going to assume anything. I just try to, I just try to be good and, and they decide if I'm going to win or not. This season, I don't even know how I'm six to one. To be honest, Eddie Lacy hasn't been doing anything. I think, like I said, Alan Robinson, Jarvis Landry, and um, and Chris Johnson and Eifert have kind of been a helpful team for me. So that's kind of been what's been helped me out, you know. So okay, so let's get to some sleepers. We're going to talk about the week, uh, the week uh, eight games. I got some of the big matchups ahead of us. Speaking of, you said some undefeated teams which might go down this week. So do you have any sleepers that you're thinking about this week that the listeners might want to know about? Well, I don't know if people have already thought about uh, Marvin Jones. But I think Marvin Jones is going in a situation where he can definitely eat this weekend. Um, you know, they're going to be relying heavily on trying to cover A.J. Green. So, I mean, it, I think it is always the situation with them. Uh, you know, A.J. Green is a freak, and they're going to try to stop him. So, it's going to leave the opportunity for Eifert and for Marvin Jones, I think. Marvin Jones, last year, he was putting up some numbers, and I think he's overdue for a big game, like a really big I mean, I think he already had one this year, but I think he's overdue for one. So he's one, and then I'm trying to think who else I had in mind. Uh, he's really a boomer I mean, bust type player. And I talked about Minnesota defense. I think that's definitely a sleeper this week against uh, against Chicago. Um, Stephon Diggs is someone that you want to look at. Obviously, he's been having big weeks. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't even look at Stephon Diggs as a sleeper anymore. I think he's awake. I think he's, <laughs> yeah. I think he's wide awake. And I think against that Bears defense that's uh, just dwindling right now, I think uh, Stephon Diggs, maybe even Mike Wallace. That's a reach, but. Uh, but maybe expect like Mike Wallace probably get one deep ball his way this this game. Uh, they won't be expecting it. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I, I played against him last week, and of course he has his career game. I thought for sure, you know, I'm playing the guy who has Wilson and Lockett on Thursday night. I'm like, man, if he really goes off, I'm probably going to lose. Luckily, that didn't happen, but Lockett did have a good game. He had his first touchdown. He also gets receiving yards, you know, punt returns and whatnot. I think he could have another good game. So let's get into some of the picks right now. We're going to uh, go down. We got one, two, three. We got six games right here. I want you to go ahead and give me who you think wins and uh, yeah, W or L, okay? So first game, Patriots versus Dolphins. Dolphins Thursday night. Who do you got, man? Uh, you know what? This is a this is a sneaky game because obviously the the Dolphins are riding a riding a riding a high right now. But I think it's a close game. But uh, pretty much the Patriots show you why they're going to run the table this year, and I think they pull it off with the W. Close game, but the Tom Brady, as much as I despise them, will find a way. I agree. Uh, I think. If this was in Miami, I would take the Dolphins because Tom Brady has, uh, in his whole career, he's actually had a lot of trouble in Miami. So when that comes along, if they're still undefeated, I think that's going to be an issue for him. But that's interesting. You're saying they're going to run the table. I can't see them doing that. But man, I mean, if Tom Brady runs the table and he wins another Super Bowl, he's got to retire, right? I mean, he's got to leave. No, he even said himself he wants to play 10 more years and it's scary to think, holy crap, I thought I could be telling my children about Tom Brady, but my children might be watching Tom Brady still. That's crazy. Yeah, I guess it's not enough to be a four-time Super Bowl winner, to be a handsome guy, and to be married to a supermodel. Uh, you know, now you need a 
Yeah, and his, his, and he had a kid with Bridget Moynihan before that, who's also a super hottie actress. Uh, she oh, was in iRobot and uh, in a lot of different few movies. Okay, so we're going to take the Pats. I'm taking the Pats too, but I'm going to say I think a close game. And I think fantasy-wise, I think Tom Brady doesn't have the biggest game. I think maybe uh, two touchdowns, oh. but I think two picks. I think Dolphins are just angry. I think Sue is good for a reason. He's actually always done pretty good against Brady. And I think the Dolphins get a few sacks. I think this is going to be a close game. I won't be surprised if you're looking at a 20-17 to 17 kind of matchup. Um, next... Absolutely. Next is Chicago versus Minnesota. I'm taking Minnesota. It is at home, though, so it's going to be close. Who do you got? I got Minnesota by at least uh, eight points. At least eight, at least eight points. Okay, next we got Cincinnati undefeated versus Pittsburgh. Divisional matchup, so it's always a toss-up. You never know what's going to happen. Ben Roethlisberger might be back. So being in Heinz Field, I mean, I've, I've talked a lot of trash Andy Dalton over the last few years, you know, doing a podcast or whatnot. I've never believed in him, but, you know, he's improved a lot. Would I call him a franchise quarterback yet? No, I probably wouldn't. I would still rather have a car or really a Bortles over him, but I think he's playing well. I think that team has the highest amount of, of players drafted to the franchise, and that's part of why they're meshing so well. They the same coach for over 10 years now. That kind of continuity is really what makes a franchise succeed. I'm going to take Pittsburgh by like three at home, dude. What about you? Who do you got? You know what, dude? You read my mind. Uh, I honestly have the same thoughts. I think this is going to be a, a game that's going to be very close up until the end, but I feel like this offensive power that's coming from Pittsburgh is probably much the only thing that can really uh, match up against uh, the England Patriots offensive power. Mm. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking that the Steelers pull it off uh, in the end with a field goal. Now they got a new kicker. I think this kicker is more solid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, I, I, I agree I agree with your three point prediction. I definitely I definitely take them around uh, the same score. It's gonna be a hard fight game but it's in Pittsburgh. You got Ben coming back, his players are gonna wanna play, Antonio Brown's gonna ball out. Um it's gonna be a yeah, Antonio Brown owners are certainly happy that uh, Ben's coming back. You know, those other quarterbacks, they did not throw the kind of routes that uh, were helpful for Antonio. Next game, obviously, you know, it's close to my heart. I'm, I, I, you know, I can't say that we're going to win. We got Oakland versus the Jets coming off a loss to the Patriots where they played them the closest the Patriots have played a game this year. I, I got to take the Jets. I just don't know if we're ready to be a team with that good of a secondary. And I think actually Amari Cooper might kind of have a down game this week when you got Antonio Cromartie, you got Buster Screen, you got Darrell Revis, and you got a really talented uh, rush defense. So I think they're going to force Derek Carr to throw a lot. And I think being younger, I think he's going to make some mistakes. I take the Jets by seven. What about you? Uh, you know what? I believe the Raiders will make it an interesting game, but I think that secondary is going to be overpowering for Derek Carr. Yeah. And Derek Carr is still a young guy, so uh, I'm calling I'm calling it right now. Derek Carr is going to at least have minimum two picks in the game, and the Jets are probably going to run away with this one in the end and probably win by 14. And once they Maryland. do, you know, you think you think Chris Ivory is going to get a lot of garbage yards, and you think the defense is going to be someone to start. So listeners should definitely check well, that out this week. This Actually, out of that game, you might find a deep sleeper in Zach Stacy because we don't know exactly how banged up Chris Ivory is, but Chris Ivory is banged up. And I think, uh, depending on what kind of a lead they have, Zach Stacy might come in there and he might, uh, he might come in and make some kind of below Powell's hurt, I do believe. Yes. I believe he's still hurt. So I think Zach Stacy might uh, show that glimpse of what he had last year. He, I mean, I don't know. He never, he never uh, lived up to the hype, but I mean, he did have some. 
Flash in the past moments, and who knows? Bro, he uh, he won me a fantasy championship two years ago, man. I mean, I picked him up on the waiver wire. He had multiple 100-yard games. I mean, Zach Stacy had a man crush on him for a whole season. Did a great job. Uh, last year, I didn't expect a lot, and he didn't do a lot. This is Connor Falk with the What the Falk Show, available on SoundCloud, My WTF Show, My WTF Show on Twitter, Facebook, a show about sports, movies, and all the things you love to think about, be it if you're bored in class, school, or you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend. My guest today is the owner of Ora Vista Construction, Tony Espinoza, NFL guru, movie fan, and everything from there. A great listen so far. Uh, Tony, you know, we're going to get to your matchup now. You're a Cowboy fan. I don't think Cowboys are America's team. I got to say that. I think the Packers are America's team simply because the fans own the team. That's the only reason I think they're America's team. I don't have as much hatred for the Cowboys as I did as a kid. That was only because everyone was a Cowboys fan. I've always been an underdog. And when I see everyone wearing Cowboy and Bulls starter jackets when I'm a kid, as you remember, all that's all that everyone had. I had to just, all I wanted to do was not root for them. You know, I, I felt actually the same way for the Packers back in the day too, because they were so good. So we got Seattle versus the Cowboys. I, I got to take Seattle just because of the quarterback play because Tony Romo's not back yet. So I'm taking Seattle. I think they win by 10 points. I think your boy Marshawn has a good game when it comes to, you know, fourth quarter running out the clock. I think so too. It's going to be a low scoring game actually in the end uh, because obviously the Cowboys are going to run it. They're not that flashy offense, especially now without a quarterback. They're nothing special in regards to putting up points. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a run first type of game on both ends. Uh, but I think because also they can't even figure out how to use Jimmy Graham, and it's the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. Yeah. That you have a freak athlete like like uh, like Jimmy Graham, and you can't even give him the ball more than four times in a game. I mean, it's unreal. But regardless, I think the run game takes over for both teams. Uh, but I think in Seattle, is it in Seattle? I'm pretty sure it's in Seattle. Yes. Uh, Seattle's going to take it probably by seven or six. Well, let me ask but you yeah. as a Cowboy fan, I think it would be interesting. What do you think of the Greg Hardy? Do you want him to calm down and make sure he watches his words, or do you want the aggressive player no. to play that way? No, I want him. That's the same way I played in high school. They called me Heart Attack because it seemed like <laughs> I was just always upset. That was my that was my nickname was Heart Attack. And Love I think it. Greg Hardy is the Heart Attack that that Cowboy defense needs because their defense has been such a letdown uh, over the last couple of years. And it's not necessarily their fault. Injuries have plagued them. Underperforming top draft picks in the secondary has killed them. But um, I think uh, Greg Hardy is that fire that Cowboys need lit up under their ass. And so I, I agree in the sense of what Jerry Jones is saying like you know I want to give this guy an extension I do but I also want to also uh, make sure that he understands the whole chain of command and respecting yeah. because you can get fired up at your own teammates but when you start crossing the line with your coaching staff that's becomes a problem I don't think that's right I didn't agree with that well it's, it's good to have an aggressive but, player until that starts to take away from his playing time be it from suspension or fines or whatnot. you don't want to pay a guy to not play you want him to be on the field and since they already, he already missed some games from suspension exactly. You certainly want him to be available the whole season. So very aggressive player, certainly a dominant kind of force that you want on your defense. We just want to kind of temper that aggression that makes him, you know, these guys playing defense, especially you have to be kind of crazy to be able to survive. So oh, yeah. they just kind of got to keep that in check. Sacrifice, you're sacrificing your body for the love of the sport. Yeah. Uh, you have to be, you have to be crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. To me, the next match, the last one we're going to touch on that I think is the most important of the week. I, I don't even know who to take yet. And that's, uh, that's Green Bay and Denver, man. Another undefeated team. Green Bay's offense has is really missing Jordy Nelson. I mean, he's really missing his best friend. I, they're really close friends. The way they play the football, it seems like he doesn't even need to know where he's at. He just throws it. Jordy knows exactly where it's going to come from, how it's going to go. That's really been missing so far. Devontae Adams is, was not the guy that we all expected. Ty Montgomery has actually been the better young player. Who do you take, man? Green Bay or Denver? Uh, 
you know what? It pays me to say it, but I think this is the week that Denver falls because they're going to face a really well-balanced team. I think that Green Bay defense, uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I feel like, you know, they don't get the credit that they deserve. I think that Green Bay defense is solid, and uh, especially against a dwindling uh, talent in, 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 uh, in Peyton Manning, I think they might take advantage of that. And... Uh, they're going to stop Peyton Manning. They have no run game as it is anyways. So they're going to force they're going to force the Broncos to beat them with Peyton Manning. And I don't think Peyton Manning uh, to, to, to throw, uh, throw water out of a bucket. Throw the water. I don't know. That's a terrible analogy. I was trying to be the original. But he, he can't throw right now. And I, I love Peyton Manning. I'm a big fan of Peyton Manning. But Aaron Rodgers is the elite quarterback in this matchup. And he's going to show us why. And he's going to have a great game. It'll be close because Denver defense is no joke. Yeah. But I think Aaron Rodgers, he is up for the test. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a, a, at the Packers making a, making a run to the championship. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, Which they should have been in last year if it wasn't for you know Corliss dropping an easy third and six or Bostic missing the onside kick. So they easily should have been in the Super Bowl. And I think they would have won it. Um, speaking of, of Green Bay, I, the defense is definitely underrated. I think they're a good defense just regularly, but when they're up by a touchdown or two, they become a, a great defense because then they can just rest the passer. They have Clay Matthews can really go off. You got Peppers, who's still a dominant force in fantasy. I believe my friend Mike Bagood, he's a producer on Shark Tank. He's in our league. His team is um, Mike's Bold Team, I think. So he definitely needs to get a better name. I need to talk to him about that. But uh, he's got he's got Green yeah. Bay defense, so it's looking pretty good. So you're gonna take Green Bay. I'm I'm gonna take Denver, bro, by like a touchdown. I just think I think Peyton Manning has one more good game in him before he just rides off into the sunset and disappears. You know, before his arm falls off. I think it's in it's in Denver. If it ends up being in Green Bay, if I'm reading that wrong, then I'll take Green Bay. But at this point, two really close offenses and defenses. I'm gonna go ahead and take Denver at home. I think uh, all the corner they got three corners on Denver that are that are like elite players. So that's gonna take out their three players. And uh, the defense position has not been playing as well for Green Bay. So it's gonna be a close game, man. But I'm gonna take Denver in just a squeaky a squeaky matchup. So I'll say that. Uh, last thing I want to touch on. I know you're a Laker fan. I, I can assume I was correct to assume that, right? You're a Laker fan, right? You're not a Clipper fan. I am a Laker fan. I am a Laker fan. I am not a Clipper fan. Okay, I'm so I'm sorry. I I see all these years. I felt bad for the Clippers, and I wanted them to do good. You know, I I wanted them to do good. I wanted the other LA team to do good. But now, once David Stern falked us, you know, and did this conspiracy theory for us not to get Chris Ball, and then you have all these new Clipper fans, I started getting pretty irritated. I'm not a big fan of the Clippers at this moment. No, I am not a fan of the Clippers. Not at all. Not even their new ugly jerseys. Yeah, their new ugly jerseys. It's it's a terrible way to use the red, white, and blue for America. You know, to use them in the Clippers. So. Speaking of the Lakers, I love the D'Angelo Russell pick. I actually was able to tweet about it a week before, which is great. That's why I love the show and having a Twitter because you can actually predict things. And once they're right, you have the proof. You know, it's not just you saying, oh, I totally said that and people believing you about it. So D'Angelo Russell, to me, kind of takes away a lot of the issues we've had, which has been speed, which has been breaking down the defense to be able to kick it out to three-point shooters, which is what the league is now. I think he's going to be very helpful. I think you got a, a free agent pickup in Roy Hibbert, who was a formal all-star. Do I expect that kind of play? Not necessarily, but I think a seven-footer in the middle is going to be very helpful. Kobe if he can understand his role, can be a Grant Hill type, can take 12 to 15 shots, can be a solid passer. I think the Lakers are looking at worst case scenario, six to seventh seed. Uh, 
you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that one because I think they actually do have some up-and-coming talent. I, I'm looking forward to see what Julius Randle can do. That's another guy. I think Roy Hibbert uh, redeems himself, and I think he kind of uh, he, he, uh, reinvents himself in L.A., and I think with the combination of adding that speed from Russell, I'm looking, I'm looking for good things for the Lakers. I mean, obviously not looking forward to a championship anytime soon. That that kind of dwindled two years ago. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, definitely looking them to see, make some noise, be competitive, and 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 yeah, earn themselves a bottom a bottom seed. But they will be hopefully in the playoffs. I think. Do you think that uh, Kobe plays his? Do you think Kobe's last game will be as a Laker, or do you think he leaves and plays somewhere else for like a year or two? No, no, no. His last game will be a Laker. Uh, it's just he's too invested into this franchise now yeah. at this point. And he would be uh, he would be uh, eating his words if he goes and goes to play for the team. I, I think at this point now, it's not even a no longer about the championship more so than it is the legacy. And I think the greatest legacy you can have is being the only player to have 20 years with a single franchise. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that that bodes well for him, and and uh, you can see Kobe retiring as a Laker and going down, getting his statue up like in a year. It's kind of it kind of it kind of ages me, man. When I think about how old I'm getting, how you know we're getting old because I remember when Kobe was a rookie when he missed those two air balls in the Western Conference Finals against Utah. Seeing this bald kid out there with a shaved head, be like, "What's this guy gonna do?" Number eight, and then now here we are, man. Almost 20 years later, you know, 18 or whatever he's at, and um, the, the guy's about to be a Hall of Famer. We grew up with we grew up with Kobe in a way. And it's, yeah, and we it's, did. Uh, it's, it's kind of a it's, it's it's that one it's that player in the generation at least in our generation that we can talk to our kids about. We got the tail end of the Jordan era, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, to see someone from the beginning to the end, um, that's a great story. Same thing with like Peyton Manning. You know, seeing that guy and Tom Brady. Yep. You know, these are guys that these are our Joe Montana's and our uh, you know uh, Terry Bradshaw's and our you know Roger Starbucks. These are, these are players that we can talk about with pride to the younger generations as we get older. So I, you know, I love I love this time in sports right now because there's so many amazing athletes and with all the ways that sports are changing. You know, statistics are greater and you know impact on games are greater. So I think right now is a is a very it's a golden age of sports in that sense. Yeah, so why not have a sports why not have a sports podcast, right? The What the Falk Show with me, Connor Falk. I'll do one more plug. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory, and on my parents' phone. They might even have each uh, each show on the fridge somehow for people to look at when they come to the house. Speaking of pride, man, I'm really proud that to call you my friend. I'm proud that you came on the show, and I just appreciate it, man. Did you have a good time on the What the Falk Show? Oh, I always have a great time, and I'm proud of you, man. I think you're an awesome guy. You're an awesome guy, and uh, I'm so glad that even through college tonight. Now we're still talking. Uh, you're 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 definitely a good dude, and uh, you're definitely a, a role model and, a, and an inspiration to me because you're someone that follows their dreams and you're going for it. And I I couldn't be happier for you, man. And uh, I, I hope to one day be able to do, do what you do and and uh, pursue. Uh, pursue the dream uh, hey we could uh, I'll have you on the show we could do it together the, the Connor and Tony show on ESPN 4 <laughs> late nights at, at uh, you know midnight I'll do that you'll be there right yeah, I'll be there you'll be there hell yeah okay so where can <laughs> listeners find you on Instagram do you want to give out some your social media I know you have a lot of, of fun stuff you're doing on there maybe not your Facebook but your Instagram what's your Instagram handle uh, it's T underscore E as in Eric D as in zebra, and then E E again. So it's T E Z T underscore E Z E E. Um, I love posting photos about food. Uh, I'm a big foodie out here. 
Um, another app you guys should follow that is my guide when I need to find something new is Dine L A D I N E L A. Follow them on Instagram as well. That's a shameless plug. I don't even know them. You know what I mean? I'm just but they they tend to find some unique eats throughout Los Angeles. But for me myself, I'm on my own journey. I like to just kind of stumble onto things. I found a great barbecue spot today in uh, North Hollywood called uh, uh, Swing Door Barbecue, uh, Texas Swing Door Barbecue. Nice. It's, uh, co- it's Texas Competitive Barbecue. Amazing. It's on Van Owen and uh, I want to say Van Owen and Byland. Uh, well, that reminds uh, me of another good. of another skill that you have is knowing a bunch of food and nightlife spots. Being an L.A. resident, you know all the places. And as I said, you being a people person, you're always meeting different people who are giving you even more ideas and places to check out. So that's what I'm, next time I'm going to have you on the show, you know, we'll talk some sports, but we're definitely going to have a food minute. Tony Espinosa, the food critic or food uh, guru, okay? You going to be ready for that? I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. I, I, we can even try to find a restaurant that will let us... Uh, record the podcast in that restaurant that's a great uh, idea I dude that. i think we should definitely do that live live from the sling door barbecue or whatever place we can find that allows us to do it uh so tony dude uh, it was great having you on yeah. the show man i really appreciate it and uh i'll talk to you soon okay brother talk to you soon man take care later so that was tony espinoza good friend of mine the owner of aura vista construction talked about his fantasy team talked about some of the week six week eight picks he's a he's kind of a ghost movie fan when it comes to those kind of thrillers in the halloween time he's a laker fan as well we both are looking forward to the lakers season but this is what the Falk Show. I'm Connor Falk. We're available on SoundCloud.com, MyWTF Show, Facebook.com, MyWTF Show, MyWTF Show on Twitter, any other social media platform you could think of. We're on there as well. Talk about the things that when you're bored you like to think about. Be it, as I said, if you're in class, maybe you're in some terrible traffic in LA. Maybe you're playing a video game. Maybe you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Listen to the show. Try to provide some witty, some informational, some Falcon banner to add to your day. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you next week.